All right, welcome to another episode of Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne, and I am here to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. So this is a little bit of a different format than the regular show because it's a joint podcast between myself and Raf. And what I'm really excited about sharing um, this conversation is the fact that it, we, we really tried to provide very practical habits, routines, mindsets, practices that, that people could apply easily in, into their lives. And these are all things that either we're doing or we've done or that we're hearing from all the incredible guests that are showing up on the Keo podcast as well as the Canvas series podcast that Raf hosts. So it's a good time, I think, in the year as we're all naturally slowing down as the as the year starts to wrap and the new year is about to come uh, into play. So it's a good time to create some space for our minds and and dive into some good reflection. So hope, hoping some of these practices help. I'll save you the bio on my side. Most of you know I'm one of the co-founders of Keo, our mental fitness app. So um, I'll just share a little bit about Raf, what he's up to in his world. He really is on a mission to help people live a life they are proud of with his obsession in data, process, and technology. He believes that the answers show up in how we systematically build momentum in our life. Um, he's also the host, uh, as I mentioned, of the Canvas Series podcast, where he interviews up, up-and-coming entrepreneurs and unpacks their habits and routines. So enjoy the conversation with myself and Raf, and have an incredible end of year. If you are enjoying these conversations, please do give us a little love wherever you're listening. Stars, reviews, whatever you've got, thumbs up. It really does help. Lastly, these conversations, the whole podcast is really all brought to you by Keo, which is our daily mental fitness app. All of these incredible guests end up in app to help you with your daily reflection. All you have to do is search KYO in the Apple App Store and it will pop up. Thank you so much. And as always, have the absolute best day yet. So welcome everyone to a very special episode where we're doing a collaboration between Keo Conversations, hosted by Mark Champagne, and the Canvas series, hosted by myself, Raphael Wong. And you know, this is a very special episode for both Mark and I because not only are we having a great conversation between two amazing shows with very similar missions and audiences, but more importantly, you know, what we're about to talk about, right? Um, both Mark and I first connected and we we really dug deep into our individual mindfulness and reflection practices. And, you know, both of us agree that, you know, in today's world with, you know, information and choice overload and all the noise and distractions going on, why having a reflection practice is so important, not just from a performance perspective or from a focus and clarity perspective, but just overall, like our own well-being. So really excited to kick this off and to fire things up, I'm going to take a question from uh, your book. So Mark, like, who are you and what's your story? Great question. And, and first of all, thanks for, for having me on the Canvas series as well. And anytime I get to talk about modern day reflection, uh, it makes me happy because I think more, more of us need to be talking about it so that people can 
benefit from these tools, right? These, these tools are, have been around forever. So it's time we talk about them a little bit more. So who am I? I'm an individual that really strives to just connect and, and connect authentically with people, my surroundings, I would say, and really everything that I'm seeing kind of day in and day out. Like that is my ultimate mission is, is, is to really try to pull out the happiness of, of each day and hence the name Kyo, which is the Japanese word for today. Like how can we get the most out of today? I'm a firm believer. I mean, I think we learn from our, our past. Mm-hmm. We can dream about our future, but if we really need to live right now, for example, right? Like we're here, we're having this awesome conversation and let's be in it. So yeah, so, so, so that's me. Um, that's the first time I've been asked that. So it's a decent answer because <laughs> I stump everyone else on our show with that one. So Fair enough. So, you know, and then I suppose for everyone listening from the Keo Conversation side, a little bit about myself, um, you know, if I were to describe myself, I would really say that I am an adventurer at heart. Um, I think both of us like traveling. Um, so whether it's, you know, a geographic in terms of traveling, whether it is exploring new technologies or products or businesses or um, just exploring human potential. And that's something that really drove me to start the Canvas series and everything I do. It's really understanding how can I take information? How can I take systems and technologies and things? And how do I take theories? And how do I bring it together to ultimately do more, to be more intentional, to build more momentum, to create more value? value and impact, you know, both for yourself and the people around you. And I think, you know, both you and I have that kind of shared mission in that regard. Yeah. Well, I just remember our, our first conversation together. I think we met through the local impact theory or what's it called now? Toronto impact, impact theory meetup. Yeah. yeah. Meetup and meeting after that, you know, for coffee. And it was one of those situations where it was like, yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I totally understand. I do that too. So I'm glad we can, we can get together and talk about this and, Hopefully it helps people, you know, try to uncover their own systems or their own practices because at the end of the day, you have to find something that works for you, right? I mean, I, I know we agree on the themes, but we have very different setups and practices, which I think is great. For sure. So before we jump into the specific systems yeah. and strategies, let's kind of unpack mindfulness, right? Like you know, what you're doing at Keo, like you're really at the forefront of this space and you're talking with some of the most prominent thought leaders like Kevin Rose, Adam Grant, all these individuals who've maintained a mindfulness practice for a large portion of their life and has really driven a lot of their success. So, you know, from your perspective, what is mindfulness and how has that definition evolved over time? That's a great question. Um, I think there's a lot of definitions of mindfulness out there. And because I asked that question on the show as well, and everyone's kind of got a different slant to it. So for me personally, it's really just being aware and, you know, kind of how I described who I am. Uh, essentially, I'm describing myself as a mindfulness person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that wasn't always the case. I think, you know, it started probably 10 plus years ago when I really got into photography. And that was the first type of, let's call it practice, or first hobby, let's say, that forced me to really see things in a different perspective. And, you know, instead of just walking past an object or, or whatever it is, like now I'm looking, okay, like the light is really right, awesome. Right. The angles are there, like there's a cool composition. So I have a little bit of a photographer's dilemma, which is how it's described. It's like I can't ever go somewhere without seeing a photograph. I don't see that as a problem actually, but sometimes people are like, yeah, how do you, just like designers are like, 
you know, going through the typeface of menus at restaurants, right? Mm -hmm. Like if something's off, they just can't focus yeah, on, can. <laughs> on anything else. But yeah, so for me, mindfulness is just, again, in whatever you're doing, just being present and being in that moment. Because there's so many different types of mind. There's, there's mindful eating. There's just being, there's mindful meditation. There's, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. mindful running. Like there, you put the word in front or behind any, any sentence and there's a, there's, there's a practice there, right? Yeah. What about yeah. you? Like, how do you define it? Yeah, like I was thinking about it and, you know, if I were to really break it down into, um, you know, two categories, I think, you know, part mindfulness is your physical environment. So whether it's yeah. traveling, whether it's, you know, taking a different way to work, whether it's, you know, going to a new meetup in a new office space, there's that physical dimension where it's new to you. There's a sense of uncertainty. There's a sense of awe. There's a sense of like, oh my gosh, like take this in. And, you know, if I were to think about the first, you know, tangible strategy um, for anyone is really, you know, to put yourself in, in new physical environments, right? I think people sure. put a lot of pressure on themselves that they have to travel to be mindful. They need to be in these exotic places. And while that is true, I've got that same feeling when I, you know, run a different route, right? When I bike into a new part of town, right? So the physical dimension is really important. And I think the other dimension is really important is also when you're doing things that you really care about, right? Like when you're kind of in a state of flow, when you're really in the moment and, and there's something that really matters to you, I think that really triggers that that desire to be present, whether it's, you know, closing a big deal or, you know, like like I think of some of the, in your past, you know, podcasts, you talked about how mindfulness has helped you in sales and, you know, some of the work yeah. you've done in that regard and how to be more present, you know, as well as even for me, just from non-business, you know, related experiences, when I have dinner with my girlfriend, like, like I want to be present, I want to be in the moment, I want to take in the restaurant, I want to take in the food, I want to enjoy the conversation. So, that's really how I break down mindfulness is part external, your physical environment, in which case I would encourage people to put yourself in new physical environments and then the things that matter to you and is really to just double down and really understanding things that matter to you and, and remove distraction, right? I, you know, Hamza and I talked about in our last podcast episode, ever since I turned off notifications on my phone. I don't know if you do that. Game it changer. Has, game changer. Game changer. It, it's been amazing. It's helped me be so present in so many aspects of my life. That I shouldn't say I do have notifications, but I have notifications from Keo, from Headspace, like all the ones I want to right, have notifications right. from. I, I want to touch on something you said about just, you know, being mindful or present in the everyday life versus you know we often strive to go on these these really majestic you know trips and stuff like that and people can relate to that because that's when you're you're kind of disconnected from your everyday job right and all of a sudden like wow look at all this stuff around like you're somewhere new and all of that right so what i would encourage people is like is try to find that feeling where you live right and that's where you're saying like you're taking a different route and all that and i only bring it up because you know, the last couple of years since since leaving my job and then starting Keo, I mean, we really haven't traveled much. Like we we've moved from Montreal to Toronto, so we're we call it. You know, my wife and I were saying, you know, we're going to live the city, and there's a lot to get to know in Toronto. Um, thankfully, but we were the you know the couple or the people that would go at least one or two times a mm -hmm. year to like Europe or like something you know outside of grand, the yeah. something grand, yeah, mm -hmm. and. You know, just just starting a new business and having a new child and all that kind of stuff and, and financial changes with one job to the next, like we just can't do it right now. So it's been a real exercise on my 
side and, and my family is to like how can we get the most and find the happiness in in every day mm-hmm. you know so I was chatting with one our, our team actually today we had a we have a, a weekly meeting every Monday and just talking about how a lot of people like they work for to get to the vacation right so if we can somehow help people and there's nothing wrong with these vacations but if we can somehow help people not have that feeling where they have to go on vacation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll, we'll it will be a much happier uh, society I'm not saying you should take time I think we should all take time but it shouldn't be like the end all be all like we were work we have to get to like in two weeks I'm going on vacation or I'm gonna burn out Right. It's kind of my point. And, you know, building on your own personal mission, right, to really enjoy the moment. And today, if you're constantly living for your vacation, six, eight months, ten months down the road. So does that imply you're not enjoying the next six, eight, ten months? Like, that's a very unfortunate thing. And I think it's a set of practices and systems that we can really design into our life to get that feeling now. Um, which, you know, brings us to really the meat of today's discussion, which I think, you know, mindfulness is a lot of things we can do, you know, as you mentioned, meditation and whatnot. But, you know, I want to focus today on journaling and a practice of reflection. You know, again, from your perspective, being at the forefront, like I know, like I've heard you mention in the past that society's got this indefinition of what journaling is, right? Yeah, so I love even, to when, hear even when I hear the word, it makes me cringe a little <laughs> makes bit. makes me cringe a little bit, right? So what is the society's definition? And then how do you define journaling or reflection? Yeah, so I'll share a story about that because it, it's quite funny or ironic that you have these two polar opposite kind of perceptions and the typical response I get if I if I use the word journaling is oh so you're talking about the 10 year old girl writing her diary about the boy at school Um, which is nothing wrong with that again but no that's not necessarily what what I'm talking about and then you have the complete other spectrum where I interviewed uh, Haley Thompson who I can't remember Haley Thomas sorry I think she's 14 or or she's 16 actually at the time and we had that same conversation. She's like, that's really funny because all my friends think that journaling is for old people. So, you know, like complete opposite spectrum. So that's why I don't like to talk about it in, in the sense of journaling when it, because really what it is, is reflection. Right. And again, it's not, like it's literally been around for thousands of years. So it's not like the practice needs to be proven. I mean, anyone that follows any type of stoicism, uh, I mean, it's littered through that right pick up any of ryan holiday's books and you'll see it there all right but so for me it's i talk about it as reflective writing um or just general reflection and and it doesn't just have to be it could be in an app it could be in a notebook it could be you just thinking it could be you saying something out loud it could be recording something Mm -hmm. i think the key again this is my perspective is that you're prioritizing a bit of time to think yes Yes. And stop and like come out of that autopilot because that's what we've been pushed into as a general society. And I mean, it's starting to change. Thankfully, you know, multitasking is no longer really seen as this big advantage. Like single tasking is kind of the, the hot yeah, thing the right hot now. Thing right. Now, yeah. So, you know, as that stuff kind of continues, I think it'll it'll help. But we're just it's, it's around us all the time. So we have to be conscious to yeah. try to pull out of that 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 rat race or whatever the autopilot so that we can take some time to think 
Um, and that's big, right? Like, you know, a lot of people, whether it's you know, Tim Ferriss, Ryan Holiday, a lot of the thought leaders have talked about the different benefits of a reflection practice. And as I was thinking before this episode, um, you know, really trying to think about, you know, why do I reflect? Like, what do I get out of it? And I, it, it, the number one reason I would say for me, and not to say that, you know, like this one is the end all be all, but, you know, for me, it's really around analyzing and thinking, thinking about my day, my thoughts, my emotions, my decisions, my behaviors, how I respond to certain things, how do I conduct myself? I know, how do I present myself in different situations? This this aspect of thinking and analysis is for me at least one of the most important benefits to my reflection practice and it's really helped me do so much in terms of career pivots in terms of starting this podcast in terms of helping others and just doing everything i do i think because every single day i take a moment and think about and i analyze my day it gives me that sense of clarity and then i think some of the other kinds of you know benefits are you know helps me deload i think tim ferris says that a lot yeah I have all these thoughts and and because I'm more introverted in nature, I have a lot of thoughts in my head and it's just a brain dump. It's just to put yeah. all the stuff in. And, Gotta get it out. Right. And I think the last thing is the documenting thing, right? Like like of all the crazy things that Gary Vee says, I think the aspect of documenting is such a home run for me. And like, I want to capture all these thoughts and, and it could be written on a, like a physical journal. It can be put into your app. It could be done through vlogs. It yeah. can be done through a little audio, a voice memo, but just documenting my thoughts and really capturing these moments. Yeah. So I can look back one day and be like, oh, like that's how I thought. That's how the journey was. And I think as you know, two individuals trying to build something here, this is an advantage we have that a lot of the you know modern day titans they don't have right like you no know, Ray Dalio can write a, his book Principles yeah. but like it's very high level like I bet if he had the chance to document it in the very beginning he would have done it right so this is an advantage that we yeah. have that um, which is a big reason why I reflect but uh, what about you like what are some of the main reasons why you um, started a practice of reflection well first I just want to say because you mentioned a lot of different names there and that's why I've started kind of what we've started as a team because it's not like 50% or 60 or 70% of the people that you just mentioned are doing some sort of reflection. A hundred percent of them are. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that leads into kind of how I started. Um, I started probably a sort of reflection or reflective writing, let's call it probably about 10 years ago. And it was, I first started a, a job in, in pharmaceutical sales and, you know, they have great sales training in those organizations. They have great medical training as well. And what, what was happening was, you know, I was going through the process and whatnot, but then quite quickly it's like, well, everyone's going through this process, right? So if I want to have a chance to be the top in my territory, I've got to do something different, right? So I started getting up early, five or 5.30 or something. And that's when, and the family still kind of makes fun of me to this day, but like that's when it started. And what, what happened was that I was just trying to fuel my mind with positive things and right. like good reading. So like Robin Sharma was a go-to blog, Tony Robbins, Success Magazine with Darren uh, Hardy, I believe is his name. Those were the go-tos at the time. And then Tim kind of started coming up, Tim Ferriss. Um, and then it shifted into podcasts. And basically, there's, 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 there's like two systems. There's consuming and I still follow this consuming information and then reflecting on it right right and and that's where it's yeah. where it started and then fast forward to a couple of years ago just again like my go-to podcasts were Tim Ferriss Chase Jarvis and and Kevin Rose 
and just listening to those guys interview all of their guests over and over again, like, man, every single one of them have really powerful questions that they're like the guests that are, they're asking themselves throughout their whole journey. So I'd be writing these things down in like Apple notes and I'd be copying and pasting them into another app. Like, Can you walk me through that specifically? So like, how was your pre-Keo system? Like what exactly yeah. was that setup? I mean, it, very, curious. It very, very, the very first set, setup was literally a word doc. Okay. Um, it was always digital. Okay. Um, Cause at that time it was always traveling. So even in sales, like you're always in the car, your sales meetings, all this stuff. So and I just didn't like the idea of having, like I'm kind of a minimalist in, in a sense. And I didn't like the idea of having this like extra book to carry around because I wouldn't want to, I didn't want to put that stuff in like my regular notes book. Mm-hmm. So now I've got two of these notebooks kind of that I'm carting around and just for me, like didn't work. So I had this ongoing word doc. I put the date and it started off just kind of, you know, like how am I feeling right now? There wasn't really questions. The questions really came into when I hit the wall of like, I know this stuff is really good for me. Like I feel good after writing, mm-hmm. but like, what do I write about now? Right. Sometimes I'd be on a blog and I'd pull a quote and literally the quote would be like the topic for the morning mm-hmm. and like, hey, mm-hmm. what, like, what does that mean? And like, what can I get out of that? Then the questions really came in and, and, and that's why we're really center, centering around questions because something I say all the time and, and if I reflect back, like this was really important was people have a very different relationship to a question based on who's asking it. Right. I can ask myself a question which is fine. And I think everyone should have some sort of self-reflection. But if, if Tim Ferriss or Chase Jarvis like in my world where, you know, I really believe in what they're doing and their path, if they're now asking the question. Now all of a sudden, like my reflections up at a whole other level, right? Like, I don't know I'm taking it a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. or even though it could be this exact same question, but it's coming with context. Right? So, you know, then it just kept evolving. So Word Doc, then it went into, you know, at that time, I guess probably like Apple Notes was starting to come out or some of the, yeah. the more cloud-based stuff. So I'm like, well, that's pretty cool because now I can literally pop something in on my phone and then it's synced up to my computer at the mm-hmm. end of the day and all that stuff. Um, then I started trying some of the some of the journaling apps that were out there, which, I mean, they're, they're good. It's just like anyone that creates their own company, they weren't, it's not what I wanted. So what was missing then? I'm curious. I think just moving away from like something that felt like a, a word processor and definitely wanted something that was like our, our branding guidelines are based on this watch brand called Nomos, a German watch brand, very minimalistic, kind of mm-hmm. modern face, like subtle hits of color, very thin lines. Like anyone that's listening, if you, if you look up the watches, you'll immediately see the color palettes and stuff like that. So we had them, we had Moo, the business card guys out in the UK, same thing, like fun, punchy colors, Mm -hmm. but little hits here and there. And you, we just wanted to create something that was kind of designed first that, that reflected our generation. Right. Because again, like I said, this, these practices are archaic, Mm -hmm. like they've been around for thousands of years. So for me, the practice itself is proven, like nothing stays around that long if it's mm-hmm. useless. So then why isn't everyone using it? Like, why is it we're just finding out that Ray Dalio's like meditating for the last 25 years and we're kind of just hearing about this stuff. And, right. and Tim's been talking about, you know, talk about Tim as if he's my friend, but <laughs> it's like the warped of social media world that we live in. 
So Mr. Tim Ferriss, you know, he's been talking about just writing for, for years now, but all of them, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have like millions of people listening to those podcasts and trying to like, suck out all the information, it's only a matter of time before people are really going to pick it up. It's just like, we're trying to accelerate that a little bit. That's awesome. Right. And, and just find something that works for you. And that, you know, that last part is so important, right? Like as I, as I think back about how I started my uh, reflection practice, it started off with writing in a book. And like at the time, um, I didn't have any questions. I didn't know what to write. And I was given this advice to just try it out and give it a real genuine effort. So I did yeah. very ad hoc. Like it wasn't scheduled. Like, you know how you're talking about how you do it every morning? Like mine was just like once, it may have been once every three or four months, like my early entries. Sure. And then I migrated to the phone where I put it onto Apple Notes and it got digital and then and then OneNote and then Keo and then I started doing some vlog stuff and trying different things out. Yeah. But I think, you know, regardless of which path anyone listening that you take to start, what tools, what workflows you want to use, I think one of the principles that and I believe in and think I heard from you is to remove as much friction as possible, to make it as easy as possible to start because this does feel somewhat unnatural. At least for me, it did, right? It, sure. it felt weird to capture my thoughts in some form. So, you know, if I were to um, suggest a guiding principle for anyone to start, it really comes down to removing as much friction as possible, making it as easy as possible to get started. I think that's so important. And I think that's something yeah. you're trying to do with Keo as well, making it contextual, making it design first principles, right? Like you want to make it friendly, you want to increase, like you want to make it in such a way that you know people actually want to do it and, yeah and it sounds like that's something that you really value as well yeah like i think for me and, and even this podcast this podcast the whole purpose on the on our side of cube conversations is really like i couldn't care less what you're using it's really to stimulate reflection and if we say something or if there's one question that's left with a guess or piece of a story that like oh yeah i can relate to that then to me I feel like, you know, we've, we've done our job. So I agree with you and I agree, like set yourself up for, for success. It's just like you hear this often about physical exercise, right? Like people that like, get up in the morning, like they lay out their gym clothes, right? So that there's mm -hmm. just no barriers. Like get yes. out of the, get out of the bed, your clothes are there, put them on, away you go. So I'd kind of take that even a step further with, I think if you, if it's for the morning and, and I think there's a strong argument to do this in the morning, just you have a again, a way higher probability of succeeding and, and not pushing it out of the day if you do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. But like pick your time, whatever it, is, whatever it is to start. Like for me, I'm about an hour and a half every morning of some sort of priming. Let's just call it that. Steal some stuff from Tony Robbins. Okay. Um, so when I, oh, the reason I say priming is because that involves exercise, that involves a steamer, so like some hot cold therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, that could involve writing. Um, that could involve podcasts. That could be like I'm saying could because every morning, on average, I have an hour and a half for me to get my mind and body ready for the day. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's important because it, it doesn't set hard rules that like every day I have to write. Like, I don't mm -hmm. write every day. Mm -hmm. Or every day I have to meditate, for example, right? Like even today I went to the gym with the intention the night before. I'm like, I'm going to do a spin class like through Aptiv, which is a great app if anyone wants to use that. Um, I got to the gym like, yeah, I didn't really feel that. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'd rather do like a weight workout and listen to podcasts. And it was great. It was a great right. podcast. 
Lewis House. Okay. Um, so, you know, you mentioned the podcast earlier, Keo Conversations. So, yeah. you know, for uh, the folks listening who are really accelerating their career, whether they're joining a high growth startup, whether they're starting their own business or managing an existing business, sure. I'd love to hear how reflection has helped you throughout that journey from coming up with the idea to leaving your full-time job. And I, like, I know there's a story around that about why that was such an interesting and you know, maybe scary, but exciting moment yeah. for you to building the product, to launching the podcast, to, I believe what you described on another show that, you know, what you're trying to do is build a wellness company. So yeah. I'm curious to hear how reflection has guided you throughout that journey on both a personal and professional perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's been everything. Like it, you know, in my original job, I remember going through, uh, not the last company I was at, but I remember going through situations where, you know, I was interviewing actually to, to leave um, the country and start a job in the US mm-hmm. and got to kind of the very end of the process and, and long story short, couldn't get a visa to the US to the point where like relocation companies were calling to set up like, the move. Mm-hmm. So like mentally I was there. Right, but never ended up getting there. Uh, that was a big blow, right? So I remember I was in Boston about to give a talk in front of a whole team at the, at the existing job and had to flip a switch. Like I just got the emails and like, it's not gonna happen. And I remember writing that out in, I think it was Apple Notes at the time and just kind of unloading, like almost like grieving, you know, the situation. Like, mm-hmm. you know what, this sucks. But, and I'll never forget this, it was, I finished it off with a gratitude practice, and I'm like, here I am, I'm in a pretty nice hotel, you know, lights are on, I'm eating, I have, like, it could be a hell of a lot worse, right? Like, there's people in in countries and all around the world that, I mean, that is not the situation, right? So I think it just, it it pulls you out of any current situation and grounds you. So, I mean, that's what I was using in the past, and then for Keo, just to launch, I mean, I, I use it today, like, daily. And not just Keo, I mean like meditate, all of these practices. Like I feel so blessed to be able to sit with people like yourself and, and the hundreds of others that we've interviewed to, to understand like, wow, what do you do to stay sane and at the top of your game? Because honestly, we wouldn't have, I don't think we, the product would be out mm-hmm. with, without that. And, and to continue. So I got to ask, how about making the decision when you took the leap? I think you were having your firstborn on the way. Like, how was that like? And how did reflection make it easier or help facilitate that decision? Yeah, that was a big one. Um, I would say above that, though, to be honest with you, was the fact that I was partnering up with my brother-in-law and who was the co-founder, Sinead Shaw. Because I remember we were at a conference together and the decision was made and we came back. We had like the meeting with the wives type thing. Because we had been working on all this right in the evenings and weekends and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we're, we're going to give this a full go. And so step one was kind of that blessing. But then it sets in like, wow, like I've been in this whole other world for, for 10 years and this is kind of scary. And um, it's like in retrospect, you hear this all the time. If Had we known how hard it would be, you know, probably wouldn't do it, to be honest. So it's like a bit of that naive kind of thought process that, right. that I think everyone needs to start any what like even your podcast right like oh for sure <laughs> right I'm sure it's the same thing it's like wow these things are a lot of work um, and there's a lot of behind the scenes so yeah so I mean 
that was a big and the biggest question I, I think that in terms of reflection was I just asked myself like what's the worst that can happen and I knew that there was two things I knew that a I would regret not doing it and I didn't want to live like that and B, you know the worst case scenario uh, it fails like air quotes fails because I, I still to this day I believe there is no failure as long as you're learning something mm-hmm. um, I could always go back into that industry either at that same company or another company like I wasn't leaving on bad terms I had great experience like I just literally got something on LinkedIn the other day like, hey do you miss pharmaceutical advertising I'm like not really but um, <laughs> miss the people so like the, the jobs are there right mm-hmm. um so yeah, so like, what is the worst? Because we we fabricate a lot of our own worries. Yeah, and I think that's where a practice of reflection has really helped me. Right? Again, you know, like the main reason of why I reflect often is more due to my analytical mind, and you know, looking backwards and thinking, you know, thoughts, decisions, emotions, actions, whatnot, and you know, that fear question always comes up, and it really comes down to you know, like, what is the worst case? Am I actually afraid, or like, is yeah. it a fabricated expectation I'm giving myself? Like, where's this coming from? And I think taking the time to stop and think about it is something that I didn't do. I think it's something that a lot of people didn't do, especially in today's world. Like we're always on, there's always something going on. There's Netflix and sports and blah, blah, blah. And I think just taking a moment to think, like you don't even necessarily have to write it down per se, but just having a prompt to think, stop, think. I think questions are a brilliant way to facilitate that internal discussion in your head. It's so important in all of these decisions, right? Um, So like I totally agree with you on that. But your brain needs to rest too, right? Like yeah. we've all, we're all very familiar and kind of attuned to physical exercise and that, you know, if you're cranking away at like whatever it is, running or the gym, like nonstop all the time, like eventually you have to rest your body. Right. It's no different with your mind, right? So like I was coming downtown today uh, for meetings and I was on a streetcar and normally like the old mark. Uh, and I still struggle with this, would have been like, perfect, I'm gonna cram in a podcast, right? Great time, and I'm like gonna be 15, I'm gonna be 15 minutes on the streetcar. Kind of what I'm trying to do now is, you know what, it's, I'm gonna get my podcast in, I got it in at the gym, but like maybe just 15 minutes of nothing and just actually looking out the window of the streetcar and seeing what's going on mm-hmm. is a better use of, of time. Which is hard, right? Even myself, I struggle with that. I'd be like, oh, I could be reviewing something and popping, you know, something out on Basecamp or replying to the email. But I think as soon as you start realizing that that 15 minutes for yourself actually equates to much more, right? And it's hard. I can totally relate really with you on that one. So like, I want to dive into some of the specifics and mechanics now, right? Yeah. So like up until now, they've heard of the benefits of, you know, why reflection is important. Sure. You know, all the thought leaders are also doing it. And so now we've, and now we've piqued their interest. So now in terms of hopefully. the mechanics, hopefully, and now in terms of the mechanics and strategies, like what are some strategies you encourage people to think about to get started? Just start. Mm-hmm. I think we we hear that a lot in the entrepreneurial world, right? Like you can kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, you can kind of drown yourself in um, the details, right? So for example, like if, if you think um, you're going out and buying like a physical notebook that like looks great and you're going to feel good kind of writing in it will help, then go get that. But usually 
that's not the thing. So, I mean, I would just say just start. So take something as simple as, you know, we brush our teeth every morning, right? Mm -hmm. So just try one quite while you're brushing your teeth. The good old dentists say we should at least brush for two minutes, right? So that's plenty of time to reflect a bit. Right. So when you're brushing your teeth, just ask one question. And, and you can do this twice a day, actually, if you're doing it, brushing your teeth twice a day. Which Hopefully. I think most of us are doing <laughs> I hope. Um, so the morning then, the morning prompt would be, you know, what would make today great? And, and just think about what's kind of coming up in your day. I'm sure you have somewhat idea of like maybe meetings you have or encounters or things you want to accomplish. Like, and just pick pick something that, you know, that would make make it great. And it doesn't mean like I'm going to try to try to avoid the to-do list stuff. Like making today great would be like cranking out 10 things off my to-do list. No, like something I'm going to be on the canvas series. Like I'm going to bring my whole self to that and, mm-hmm. and just like really engage and, and feel good about it. Like that's what I would say, for example. Um, and then same thing at night, you know, like what, what made you smile today? Right? Or what was what was something that was awesome that that happened? And just keep it light, I and it. I think at least it gets gets you started. And like I said, I mean, now I know if I like the days I can't do the morning reflection or that mm-hmm. priming time, it, it only takes a day or two for me to actually start to physically feel the drawbacks of not doing that. Right. Right. So again, it goes to that theme of don't set yourself up for for failure. Right. Like so, if you're thinking that you need to take thirty minutes to do this. You're probably not going to do it, right? Because it's hard to find 30 minutes, at least right. to start. Eventually, I think you, you, people will get there. So then, just set it up in your day. Like if you have a commute, take that commute time and, and think or write. I mean, it has to work for you, right? Yeah, um, I love that, right? And I think you know, with the uh, toothbrush an example, um, I can't remember how many days you need to do something to build a habit. Yeah. But I think having some sort of trigger having some sort of thing that you think, you no, know, once you associate when X happens, I should I should reflect, I should pause for a moment, I should do some writing, or I should just think and ask myself a question. Yeah. I know for myself, um, I do a bit of reflection in the morning when I set kind of like my intention for the day, like what is something sure. I have to get done today? You know, today was, you know, really bringing the heat for this episode, like that was yeah, mine as well. Sure. And then at night I do the same thing. And for me in particular, and this might just be for me in that sense, but putting it in my calendar, right? So so then you yeah. know for instance every night yeah, at 11 30 my phone has a little like it buzzes and i'm like oh like what's going on and then it, like it reminds me to reflect and that's that's my trigger that reminds me okay like you know what now is time to stop and you know shut everything down start to wind down and take a moment to reflect and whatnot and you know for me designing that kind of alert designing that kind of structured system in my life helped me develop a habit which now is a very automatic behavior like nowadays it's you know, whenever I go to sleep, before I go to sleep, yeah, it's you just know. natural. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of sleep, though, uh, something that I can't remember where I picked this up. It's guaranteed a, from a, an interview on our side. And it, this is fun. So this is so you, everyone's going to sleep. Obviously, some people have a hard time falling asleep. So this could help as well. Um, it's a great time to do some visualization. It's super fun because now you start actually looking forward to going to sleep. So I always go back to I have a, a goal sheet. Uh, that I, I put together every year and kind of keep it up to date. And then under that, I always have a uh, vision board, which is again, all digital. They're just images of feelings that, you know, uh, that I want to feel. It could be images of houses of mm-hmm. like what would be a, a great feeling or whatever. It, like sometimes they're materialistic things, but it, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the feeling that it gives off. So when I go to sleep, I'll go to that 
visual. Interesting. And like, okay, I'm there, I'm in that space. Or in, in like Kiel's case, it's like, you know, we, our team is growing. It's like, we're in, we have our own office. Like everyone's happy. Like we're, you know, that's kind of what I'm visualizing in, in, in that capacity. If, if I'm going down that road, usually it's more personal, but that's fun. It's fun. Cause you go, you get excited to go to sleep yeah. for that stuff. Right. Cause yeah. you're, you're kind of going in this, there's no rules, right? It's imagination. And then on that, there's a cool writing exercise too. And, and Debbie Millman, um, is the first I heard this from and Tim Ferriss interviewed her about this and she she does these 10 year writing visualizations so you know she'll say like in 10 years uh, how will my life look and feel and just go and just write whatever you can think of for example and and you don't have to do 10 years I've done I've done it you know a year out I do it every month now so we're, we're getting close oh, wow. to August and yeah. August 1st I'll write out as if it's August 31st, for example, and right in that tense, like, you know, amazing, we did this, we did that. And it's amazing how much of that stuff comes comes true. I love that. And while I've never written about it, I have thought ahead five, 10 years down the road yeah. and beyond. And I think there's always an interesting point where your first minute or two minutes or whatever, you're thinking like the most logical things. I think we're wired to think yeah, in, yeah. You know, incremental yeah, you stuff. So I'm like, all right, well, 10 years from now, I have a family, I have kids. Yeah. And then and then once you kind of break that, you know, what I would call like your logical thinking phase and you kind of enter your creative, because then like you've exhausted all the logical things that could realistically happen i think once you kind of get over that cliff you start to think of some wild things right like oh like you know could i actually go to this part of the world could i actually build a business like things that you wouldn't have imagined in your logical step yeah. i think that's when it gets really interesting because then you learn to have fun with it and i think too often we stop at that point like we've exhausted all the logical ideas we've exhausted all the logical thoughts when we're reflecting and journaling and then and then we don't go beyond that and i yeah. think it's really beyond that horizon is when we get those interesting creative out of the box thinking that and i think it's also important to a not take yourself so seriously and b to entertain it like to actually entertain this idea like what if i actually did that and then you start yeah. to work backwards and you quickly realize it's not that outrageous when you really think about it, right? So I'll give you an example that actually came true recently this year. Um, I had put on this image of this like super trendy kind of it had like the giant green wall thing going on, and all the plants and stuff, and like this cool trendy seating. It was this big open space and this little bar, and it, it, it just for me the reason I put the image on it's just again straight kind of Google image search right and I can't remember what I would have typed or maybe it was out of dwell or something mm -hmm. and the feeling was like oh wow I mean if we're you know can have a meeting there or something like things would be going pretty pretty good and all that and no idea what the space was two months later uh, I, I've talked about this on the show before but we went on this this all men's retreat and had an incredible time and brand new experiences, met some of these awesome people. And one of them, one of the founders of the, the Everyman Retreat said, uh, I heard you're in New York, uh, you're coming to New York uh, in a couple of weeks, let's meet up and all that. And I had meetings booked. He's like, meet me here at this place. So I look up the location. It's that exact place on, on my vision board. That's you, crazy. You gotta be kidding me, right? Like had no I had no idea what that location was. And so I'm walking and so I took a photo of like off my own phone when For I got sure. there. Yeah. And like, well, here it is. So I removed the image, put something else on, you know? We'll I love see. That. We'll see what happens. I love that. 
but like, I don't know how to explain that stuff, but it works. Um, again, for me, it started back when I started doing those, those morning routines. Cause again, fueling, fueling my mind with, with positive things and following all these people that you start hearing about these type of practices. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's how it started. That's how Keo started to be very honest with you. Cause I review that, that goal sheet and that vision board every Christmas with my father-in-law and two years ago we reviewed it and he's like, everything looks good, but what you're doing career wise doesn't match what's on your sheet. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of left it at that. And like, that's an interesting comment. Interesting. And then that was, that was in, in December. And then in January, the idea for, for Keo came up. Interesting. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I wonder if maybe that's what he's talking about. And here so, we are. <laughs> so you talked about, you know, your reflection practice when you first started. And, you know, I think something you've also mentioned in the past was how our reflection practices should evolve with us. Right. Yeah. So curious to hear and now that i've started this practice now that i've created a system that works how can they evolve it like what things should they look out for in their life in their career in their business relationship whatever it is and how do they make sure that their reflection practice aligns with that or evolves with it yeah no that's a great question and i'm a bit biased here because that's actually why we created keo so this is not a shameless plug but wherever you're getting your inspiration from like that's what you should be reflecting on so mm -hmm. i mean there are great templates out there there are great prompts let's use you know what am i grateful for as, as an example i mean you can't go wrong answering a question like that but if you're answering that same question every single day i'm willing to bet that after a certain amount of time you're going to say my family my health uh and my surroundings mm -hmm. and like over and over again, right? So there's ways to kind of combat that, that you know, let's get a little bit more detailed or more granular. But for me, it's changing the question, like having a gratitude theme, for example, but that's where, you know, what we're trying to do with these interviews, and I'm gonna ask for your questions, that's where changing the questions keeps it alive. Because again, like going, I think there's a theme developed in our conversation is like, don't set yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're gonna do the same thing over and over again, I mean, that's good for developing habit, but you might get bored, okay. it, right? So keep it fresh. And, and my argument is always, you know, our life this month is probably going to be very different next month. Right. So so should our questions, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why we should be evolving. And also why probably, you know, apps like Headspace and Calm and, and others are, are creating all these different categories for meditation, right? I mean, I use a host of those apps, but if I'm thinking of Headspace right now, uh, I've got a few packs on the go, right? Focus, motivation, stress. Like one day I'm going to need the stress pack, right? So I'm going to go in there and do that meditation. For sure. And, you know, t tomorrow I might do motivation. I don't know, right? For sure. And that's important, right? I think in addition to keeping it fresh, I know for myself, again, tying back to why why I reflect it's to analyze to think sure. so depending on what is going on in my life right now it, it prompts me to think of certain things right so you know around April May this year I definitely entered into a state of like burnout I was exhausted I was stressed I was you know letting go of certain practices like I wasn't working out consistently I wasn't meditating consistently like everything started to fall apart so I caught on to that and I and then that's when I adjusted my questions and I I purposely adjusted 
adjusting my questions to align back to my own values, right? Because I think okay. at the end of the day, your individual values guide your day-to-day, guides your thoughts, it guides your decisions yeah. and actions. So for me at the time, it was it was going back to, okay, so what are my core values and how do I remind myself those? Because I think bringing back to your why is what keeps you going. It's what kind of brings yeah. you back, it gives you that energy. So like like for me, a big core value for myself is learning. So I just ask myself, okay, so what, you know, what is one no matter how big or small thing that I learned today, or, you know, how was I intentional today? Or how did I practice patience and presence today? How did I challenge myself today? Those are my core values. How do I, how did I contribute to society? Or how did I help someone today? Like an act of service is another core value. So I tied back to my core values when I'm burning out. And then and then right now, as I'm back out, it's kind of like, okay, so what are my questions right now? Again, it evolves. Like as I come out of burnout, I'm building so much momentum. I'm fired up. Yeah. There's a lot of things in the pipeline. Um, I have a lot of things going on. So a big question for me right now is what am I like excited for? Yeah. And, so and these are your questions? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what am I excited for? And I ask these at night just to give you some context. Okay. Um, so what am I excited for tomorrow? So similar to your practice, I like to go to bed fired up yeah, right? and I wake up fired up too, which is amazing. Right. Um, I also ask myself, you know, what did I do today that I'm really proud of? Um, so it reinforces confidence. It reinforces that like I'm doing the right thing. I'm being intentional. Another question I ask is, you know, what is the big thought or decision or action that I made today? And it really prompts me to be present in the moment because every single day as I make these big thoughts, as I make these big decisions, I, I try to be as present as possible. So I remember them. like, what are the big ones that I made that day? Um, another one I also ask is how did I practice humility today? And this was more prominent, you know, recently than it is right now, but I caught myself in these meetings with these high level CEOs and executives and they would say things and I pulled the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, sure. not, and like, I have no idea what they're saying. So how did I remind myself to practice humility and, 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 you know, and not be afraid to ask questions, right? So those are some of the questions right now. And you know, to your point, I'm sure three, four or five months from now, depending on where I am, what's going on, my questions will evolve as as well my system my practice will evolve sure. as well and i think that's so important and, and that's what i love about what you're doing at keo it's that it's dynamic it grows with you and i think that's so important yeah no and thanks for sharing those i mean those those are great i mean i think i'll be using one of these actually especially the uh what am i excited for tomorrow i like that because i think it, and then especially the other one i really like is just you know a decision that you made because that's it. I have a practice every Friday at 3 p.m. where I just reflect back on the week that just passed before moving into the weekend. What I find is we can buy a lot of the books and listen to the, a, lot of, a lot of the podcasts, which we both do. But at the end of the day, we also have a lot of the answers. And like, there's a lot that happens in five days, right? And there's a lot that happens in one day if you stop and think about it, right? So that's the key. Like we actually have our own answers to a lot of these questions and these self-development type questions or practices. Again, just stopping to think, okay, well, what did we actually achieve today? Or where would we have changed? Right. And then all of a sudden you're, you're growing as a person just with a couple simple questions. Mm -hmm. Right. That's awesome. So as we come to the end of this conversation, I'd love to hear from you, you know, what is one actionable piece of advice that everyone listening can implement today to really design a practice of reflection in their life? Yeah, well, I mean, the brushing the teeth one, I think, is is usually the go-to because I think that's something everyone can relate to. But since I, just to be fair to the question, since I already brought that up, one would be just 
prioritize some time, whether it's the morning or the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. that's, I, I think the easiest way to get started. And again, don't set yourself up to fail. Don't prioritize two hours because it's just not going to happen. Right. Even myself, I, I put a goal in this year of, of just reading completely like outside of app related things or like just read. Right. It could be fiction or, or it could be just development in, in other ways. And I remember I put it in, put in there like reading 30 minutes a day or something. And again, my father-in-law is like, you're setting yourself up to fail. Like that's, you, you kind of add it up to start. That might be a lot. Or I think I put 45 minutes. It's like, just put 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. So it kind of goes back to my point. Just pick whatever it is. Maybe it is just 10 minutes and you get up and you're literally just stretching in the morning and taking in a couple deep breaths and like setting an intention of some sort. Like today I'm going to rock or I'm going to really get the most out of today and start the day. Like just doing that, you're going to start feeling so much better. That's what I love about all this. I mean, there's so much science behind it, but at the end of the day and, and, and coming from someone that worked in a lot of science when it came to, to, to pharmaceuticals, you just feel better. What else do you need? You're feeling better. Right. So that would be my, um, kind of go to practical start with 10 minutes. I love that. Start with 10 minutes. You know, I would even build on that. I would say, you know, my actionable piece of advice on top of, you know, start with 10 minutes is to find your anchor, find your trigger, find that thing that, you know, when you see it, when you notice it, when you acknowledge it's happening or it's there that you go like, okay, now it's 10 minutes onto reflection. I think, you know, whether it's brushing your teeth, whether it's before you go to bed, like whatever it is, when you drink a glass of water in the morning, whatever. Um, I think that trigger and, and, and that removing friction, those two principles is really, I think, you know, what we, both align on and mm-hmm. during this conversation well just tie it to something that you're already doing right right like you said like drinking drinking water in the morning i think most people do that right so if you're doing that like add in your your time your reflection time around that period right yeah and like again you don't want to feel like oh i have to add an hour into my schedule yeah right? it shouldn't be a chore right yeah. exactly like or i have to get up earlier to, to do this it's 10 minutes it's not that big of a deal yeah right so all right mark cool. thank you so thank much thank you for a great episode yeah that was fun that was awesome